and a massive warm welcome to Alison Sal, who's with us today, and she is going to be sharing some of her wisdom on creating exceptional teams. This is the Humans at Work podcast, and it's brought to you by the Being More Human team, and Being More Human help individuals, teams, and organizations to reach their potential. So hello, Alison. How are you? Hi, Michelle. I'm great. Thanks for having me today. You're very welcome. Do you mind starting off just by sharing a little bit about yourself and your work and the kind of clients that you work with? Absolutely. So I've been an organization development consultant now for over 15 years. I started my career in HR consulting. I did a little stint as an HR business partner for a large global bank. Um, And ever since I've been an OD practitioner working with medium and large organizations, both in the public and private sector, on some of their trickiest change and transformation agendas. Mm, It sounds like it keeps you out of trouble, let's just say. (laughs) (laughs) It keeps me in trouble too, I like to say. (laughs) I like that. That's so much better than being kept out of trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no project is ever the same, let me say. I mean, we're constantly changing in organizations and I mean, it's the heart of change is all about the people. And so I really bring that element and that thinking to to my clients. And can you think of a particular client that stands out for a reason that you're happy to tell us a little bit about? Um, In the context of change? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I have one client right now who's a local council and they're doing some beautiful work. The CEO had brought me in early on when he joined the organization um, with a legacy of toxic leadership, um, a lot of history around... um, low levels of trust in the organization, a bit of a cronyism going on as well. So if you were in the in crowd, you were doing well in your career. If you weren't in that crowd, you you were kind of on the outs, outskirts. And so early on in his, in his uh, role, he brought me in because he wanted to focus on an ambitious cultural change agenda. And his agenda really centered around wanting to see more shared leadership across his organization, wanting anyone at any level of the organization to be more empowered to make decisions on their own, to take risks and look for creativity and innovation. And this was a huge challenge and a huge step away from how that organization had been operating for so, so, so long. Mm -hmm. So tell me, in that project, did you look at teams and how teams function as part of your brief for that project? 100%, yeah. And the first team we looked at was the executive team. It was a team of five people, um, and they are arguably one of the most important teams that's leading the organization and really helping them to understand the mindset of a team rather than just being a collection of people leading their kind of silos. And so the five of them, we worked together as our first remit to build trust amongst that team. Because if you are, if you're in a position to lead a cultural transformation as ambitious as the one they wanted to embark on, you have to have deep levels of openness and trust Mm. at that level. Yeah. So in relation to effective teams, or let's say exceptional teams, which is another notch above, what would you say some of the characteristics are that you would be looking for to determine an exceptional team? Absolutely. I mean, the first one may be pretty obvious, but 
but I actually don't see it as often as I'd like in teams, a very clear objective. Why does this team exist together? What are we trying to achieve? What is our purpose? How do we know when we've been successful as a team? Just really clarifying that and also galvanizing it as a vision that creates the glue for your team, especially when things get hard, because they will. If you're working with a team and things haven't gotten hard for you, you're probably not having the conversations you need to have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a good guidance. (laughs) Absolutely. So clear objective is the number one. Um, Yeah, so clear objective up there at the top of your list. Is there anything else on that list that you would want to see? Absolutely. The second one, role clarity. It's it's kind of the, the me. What do I bring to this team? What am I here to do? What am I here to contribute? And this is where I like to tell people, think about your strengths. Um, I'm tired of talking about weaknesses. Yeah. Well, great. We all have things we can improve, but what is the strength or the gift that I bring to this team? And knowing that your strength is very different than mine, Michelle. And so if the two of us work together, I imagine we could be really powerful in that sense. And isn't that the point of a team is so I don't have to be good at everything. (laughs) Yeah. It's more than the sum of its parts, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's kind of like a puzzle because when you get, you know, for example, with this team, five people on a team, they're all so different. How can you unlock all the individual contributions to form just this beautiful tapestry of strengths so that you can lean on each other when you yourself are being challenged in a certain way. So you talk about, um, you know, people's differences and things like that in a team. How, As a team leader, how do you go about harnessing people's differences? Yeah, I think the first piece is really being explicit and asking the question. Um, may, many of us may, may be shy away from talking about differences because it's not the norm in business. But if we actually bring out what is the difference that we can bring to this table and we have a really clear and honest and human conversation about what is the difference you bring that you want to highlight, that you want to strengthen, that you want to develop, it can really be an enlivening conversation and one where you also feel like a very valued member of the team because you bring that unique strength to this group. Mm. Absolutely. And tell me, when you've seen dysfunctional teams, how do they differ? What do they look like? Mm. I think the biggest thing, Michelle, if I'm really, really, really honest with you, is ego. <laughs> oh, talk to us about ego because I think it's so interesting that you say that because you don't normally hear people say that in relation to difficult teams, even though it is the core of what happens in difficult teams. So tell us more about how ego impacts a dysfunctional team. Yeah, and, and it's kind of the third piece because I talked about two, two of the important elements of optimal team, right? The clear objectives and role clarity. And the third piece is relationships. And this is where I see funct- um, dysfunctional teams um, getting into trouble, right? They don't have the relationships they need to be able to get the work done together um, in a healthy and trusting way. And I'm not saying the politeness of relationships. I'm saying the relationship to have an honest and maybe messy or maybe awkward or clumsy conversation when things will get hard. And so when you have one person or two people that are leading from a place of ego, they're leading from a place of, I am more important than the team as an entity. Right. And no one wants to admit that out loud, but we see it every day. 
We see it every day. And when my needs become more important than the team's goals, there starts to become dysfunction. Yeah, because an over amount of focus is put on that individual or that dynamic or whatever's happening. Absolutely. And a lot of that is unintentional. No one seeks to lead from a place of uh, from ego, but from a developmental standpoint, we need to be able to be self-aware enough to know when we might be triggered into our ego and where we might actually be unintentionally putting our own needs before the needs of the team. So tell us on on the topic of self-awareness, tell us how the self-awareness of a team leader impacts the effectiveness of a team. Yeah, I, I think there's great research out there talking about the number one aspect of a great leader is the, his or her level of self-awareness, right? And, and their own desire and curiosity to examine and look for their blind spots. And if you have that curiosity and you're able to almost detach from the ego to say, I, I'm not perfect, I'm a work in progress just like everybody else, you can foster great levels of self-awareness because what we know about teams is every team is different. Yeah. Because they're, they're comprised of different people and we all are, are have different personalities and preferences and quirks. And so your self-awareness will always be growing because you're always going to be working with different people. Uh, and that's really the beauty of be- being a team, isn't it? It's what the team has to offer us is deep growth. If, exactly. if that's the um, thing that we would like to pursue. Exactly. There's a great quote that says relationships are the mirror of the work we have to do on ourselves. Mm. (laughs) It's a great quote. Yeah, I agree. Um, Can you tell us, there's, it seems to be varying debate on whether or not a team can maintain an exceptional functioning level. So if you've got a team that is exceptional, are they always exceptional? Do they change between exceptional and average? What happens with a team like that? Oh, that's a beautiful question. I think exceptional is not a trait, it's a state. Yeah, and so you can move in and out of this exceptional. And, and part of being able to move through that is honoring when maybe you as a team are at a low point. Um, I personally think that is exceptional when you can actually see as a team, you're at a low point, things are really hard. Maybe you haven't been functioning really well. And again, you have the individual and collective self-awareness to say, things are not going well right now. How do we pull ourselves back up into that optimal state so that we can become functioning again? Mm. And, and and can you think of a team that you've worked in or with? And I'm just interested in what you felt the most, this, is a, this would be a dysfunctional team. Think about what the most challenging element was for them to be able to transform themselves. So a dysfunctional team that I was a part of Mm. and can you worked with, uh, you might've worked them as a couple. What's the hardest thing about transforming a dysfunctional team? Yeah. I was recently a part of a, a dysfunctional team. And I think the great thing about the team was that we all had so much heart and intention and wanting to be optimal. Um, But again, I go back to almost the theme that you'll hear me harping on is that certain individuals cared more about their individual needs than the group needs. And this is a little bit of my Eastern and Western mentality, right? Because Western culture values individualism and Eastern culture tends to value collectivism more. 
And I'm here to say both are important, right? We need to be able to bring our strengths as individuals and our creativity and also be able to hold the tension of looking out for the collective needs of the group. Mm. And in this group in particular, there was some fierce individuality on the team. And so when people didn't feel like that individuality was being fully honored, they they sacrificed that, um, that they felt like they weren't being seen and heard at the cost of the functioning of the team. Mm, at the expense of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it? I, I love talking about teams because every single one of us are part of a team or have been part of a team or will be part of a team. It's something we will all experience. And yet we have such an array of different experiences about that. Absolutely. Because we're just messy, wonderful human beings. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Bring on the messiness, I say. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I think that's what keeps life interesting. I think that's why people really love coming to work is because they do get to work with people. And at the same time, it's the hardest thing about going to work is because people are hard to work with sometimes. (laughs) But you know what? I, I love it if you can be part of that situation where you wake up in the morning and you think about work and you think about your team and you go, wow, I really want to be at work because that is a bunch of great humans that I work That's with. Right. You know what I mean? When you, can, when you can have that kind of positive regard for other humans, I think you're well on your way to creating an exceptional team. Absolutely. Yeah, you hit on a big one, the positive intention and also the deep levels of trust, right? I can show up and I can say what I want to say. Mm. And, and I would also counter that because in, in that dysfunctional team that I talked about, there was a lot of levels of trust because we could talk to each other and we could share difficult feedback. That was a really beautiful thing about this team. But also we took it too far. We took it too far because we would say what was on our mind without actually thinking about how that might land or how that might hurt somebody who was receiving it. Right. It was like, it was like honesty at all costs. And so there's a balance. It's a tricky balance. How can I share my truth while also tending to the relationship that I know is important between them? I think that raises the issue of human skills within a team because there's a requirement for people to be good at human skills, like questioning and listening and building rapport and all of those kind of you know, entry-level sort of skills, but if you don't have them in a team, it just doesn't function properly. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We we have almost come to our time, but I do want to ask you just one question to wrap up, which is if you were to give all of those people out there who are members of different teams, if you were to give them a tip about how to be a great team member, what would the tip be? (laughs) Develop yourself first then you can lead others and work with others. Yeah, the individual focus on development and self-awareness is so important so that you become the most powerful contributor to a team. I mean, that's a great way to um, end up this conversation. Thank you so much, Alison. We appreciate your wisdom and your insight all about how to create an exceptional team. You are listening to the Humans at Work podcast and it's brought to you by the Being More Human team and being more human and work with individuals, teams, and organizations to help them reach their potential. Thanks again, Alison. Thanks, Michelle. Never be the same. Never be the same.